الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذكر فإن الذكرى تنفع المؤمنين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الحياء من الإيمان والإيمان في الجنة والبذاء من الجفاء والجفاء في النار أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم suspected students of deen mothers and sisters in Islam last week we had commenced the discussion of haya and in brief the importance of haya how essential this great quality is so today to continue with the same discussion we will be briefly discussing some ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and some related aspects that come from these ahadith in regard to the importance of haya that how important this great quality of iman is we will understand this inshallah in the light of some of the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam before going to the ahadith one ayat of the Quran Sharif gives us an idea a very clear idea in fact of what is haya all about we have discussed this on previous occasions but since we are now dealing with this topic of haya once again so to revise that lesson that comes from the Hadith Sharif from the Quran Sharif this is in relation to the incident of Sayyidina Musa wasalam, when Musa wasalam, after he uh, had gone and he was now traveling he came to a point and Shu'ayb his daughters they had to go and fetch water or take the sheep to go and get water for them so in any case they came to this uh, place where the people would come and they would all bring the animals to be watered so Musa salam observed that these women are standing aside waiting for all the men to come and have their animals watered to come and take the water so he asked them that what is the issue why have you come and why are you here so he asked them Qala ma so they replied and said Qala ta'ala nasqi hatta yasdira point one they said we cannot go into the midst of this crowd when all the shepherds have now finished off with watering their animals only then will we come in we won't come in while all of them are around there because we are going to end up mixing up with them and uh, 
we can't do this, so we will wait, and when they are gone, then we will come. Now, what made them do that? Obviously, those who are there in front, they get the best part of it, and the water from a well doesn't continuously keep coming. When it's drawn out very quickly, then sometimes, later on, people don't get water. They got to wait for the water to now build up again, to come in again to the well from the bottom, then they will get water. So all these risks are there that they'll get left out maybe. But despite all that, they say, no, we cannot come close now. We will wait when all the shepherds, the males, they have watered their animals, then we will come. So then comes the second question, which they answered immediately, because they understood that this question that they are being asked, this question brings about another question, but then why are you here in the first place? Meaning, why isn't some male here to bring the animals to water? So immediately they replied to that as well, without that being even yet brought up, Abuna Shaykhun Kabir, that our father is a very old person, due to his old age, he is unable to walk all the way here with the animals. And there is no other male around, so this is a matter of desperation, it's a genuine necessity, so therefore we have to do this job, because there is nobody else available to do it, there is no male available to do it, our father is very old, and we can't do this, and he can't do this, so we have to do it. So in any case, Musa then went, and he did the job for them, and as a result they came home very quickly. So Shaykh saw this, he wanted to know how this happened, how come you all came back today so quickly. So they explained, this is what happened, this person came and he helped us out. So he said, okay, call him, go and bring him along. So now one of the daughters came to call Musa because nobody else dared to do the job. This message also, nobody else available to bring this message along. So any case, when she came, how she came, the Qur'an Sharif mentions that. And Allah Ta'ala mentions, فَجَاءَتْهُ إِحْدَاهُمَا تَمْشِي عَلَى اسْتِحْيَا قَالَتْ إِنَّ أَبِي يَدْعُوكَ لِيَجْزِيَكَ أَجْرَ مَا سَقِيْتَ لَنَا So any case, she's coming now to give this message that my father is calling you. So the Qur'an Sharif is nevertheless giving us a very important point in this. One is to say that, well, she came and called him, gave the message and went. The Qur'an Sharif doesn't bring anything that is unnecessary. In Yusuf Salam's incident, the entire surah deals with one incident. There isn't any other surah or any other incident of any Nabi of Allah Taala mentioned in the Quran Sharif that has been discussed in that manner in that detail in one place continuously Musa incident is uh, Yusuf Salam's incident is dealt with in that manner but even in that incident there are so many things that from one point it's like a fast forward because in between what happened what details took place was not relevant for the lesson so whatever was relevant for the lesson was all mentioned. Whatever was relevant for the guidance of people who would then read this, 
and who would take the message. That is what is mentioned. And what is just a historical fact? Somebody was born on a certain date, somebody passed away a certain date, somebody's name was this, somebody's name was that. Now those details, the Qur'an Sharif doesn't deal with just on that note that it's a historical fact. The Qur'an Sharif is not a book to record historical facts for the sake of just some uh, fact-finding or somebody who wants to just know some history. No, the Qur'an Sharif is hidayat. So everything in the Qur'an Sharif, everything has been stated there is for hidayat. And Allah Ta'ala mentioning how this girl came to pass on this message that mention also is for hidayat it's to give this guidance to give this direction that look at how she came and what is the message that we need to learn from there Allah Ta'ala says فَجَاءَتْهُ إِحْدَاهُمَا تَمْشِي عَلَى اسْتِحْيَا now in order to appreciate this a person would have to understand the Arabic language how it's how the constructions are formed what the various uh, particles stand for. So now the word Allah, many of you would be familiar with this, the word Allah and its meaning. Allah means on. Now literally translated, it says that one of them came, Allah al-Astihya, on modesty. So what do we understand from this? On modesty. It is like as if, modesty, shame and these are words which don't really do any justice to the meaning of haya it's a very very confined uh, translation it cannot encompass in it the complete meaning of haya haya is a very very great concept and the words modesty and shame just give some slight indication of what the meaning of haya is in reality haya is far beyond what modesty, the word modesty and the word shame can express so just nevertheless to understand this that the message and the lesson that is being given here is that it is as if shame haya, modesty, sharam it is as if this is like a conveyance like some horse or something and somebody is now riding that so they are, they are fully upon that animal they are fully upon that conveyance Entirely, 100%, that conveyance is carrying them now. So they are being transported on that conveyance. It is as if this girl from head to toe, well, as if she is riding on Haya itself. Haya has become like a conveyance, and she is now entirely on this conveyance. And this is what is carrying her. What the message is that from head to toe she was Haya. Entirely she was Haya. She was a embodiment of shame and modesty in every sense of the word. And this was in such a modest manner she came that the Quran Sharif preserved this and preserved it for mankind till Qiyamah. So this was not just a historical fact that when she came, no, it was not just for the sake of saying when she brought the message. That could have just been said then that uh, he was called or she came and told him father is calling you this was the message in here this is that hidayat this is that ibrat that this is how a woman is to be conducting herself when she has come into a public space that her walking would be with haya 
her talking will be with Haya because out of sheer necessity now she had to come out so everything about her will be about Haya her walking, her talking and every aspect would be with entire modesty and shame completely from head to toe she will be very 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 conscious just to understand this very conscious what does this mean to be very conscious of Haya very conscious of one's shame and modesty supposing somebody went to some function some family function some whatever and what we are talking about is obviously a function where everything is in order there is no intermingling there is no music there is nothing that is happening there which is against the laws of Shariat so somebody went to this Walima or some function family get together so now because it's a family function so there are a lot of guests there uncles and aunts and everybody so now this girl is now in the section where all the women are so some aunts are there and cousins are there and maybe some little some distant relatives are there and so a lot of people are around so she is going to and she is dressed up in obviously within the limits of Shariat and Deen but she is dressed up in her best clothing so now she is dressed up in her best clothing and she is there at this function and just it happened now that somebody walking past serving some food or whatever something spilt on her now it left some big big splashes and marks now she is sitting there and eating and now some fell on her scarf and some fell on her clothes and some on her shoes or whatever now if she has to out of desperation remain sitting there for a while because she, it's not possible to leave immediately to go and sort herself out so she's sitting there now when she is sitting there will she be oblivious of what has happened that this all this has fallen on me there's some food sticking out of here and there and I'm sitting here would she be oblivious of this would she be not unconcerned not even like sort of aware that all this has happened and carry on sitting and talking to whoever she was talking to carry on eating as she was eating without any concern or would she become very conscious of herself thinking now hey, I don't know who's looking at me and everybody's eyes are turned towards me and uh, I'm becoming a real spectacle here in front of everyone and now she's trying to hide that in some way because she doesn't want to be seen in that manner that now all this food is all over her clothes and whatever else now that how conscious she will be she won't remain very casual there that well fine now this food fell on me some oil streaks are here and uh, this white garment is now looking like a rainbow nation garment and all those kind of things won't go to her mind that's fine it's not a problem she won't think that way that it's fine not a problem she will be very much concerned she would become very conscious and she would be now trying somehow to cover up all that now that is what is meant by that consciousness that out of sheer necessity she had to leave the home and she left the home in such a state of consciousness that the Quran Sharif depicted this in this manner that فَجَاءَتْهُ إِحْدَاهُمَا تَمْشِي عَلَى that one of them came in this manner 
that they were as if they were riding this conveyance of haya and they were in entirety haya themselves this is a message this is a lesson this lesson that this haya is not just something that's a, an abstract thing it's something just in the mind it's something just just to imagine it's something just to write about just to speak about something just to answer questions in the exams maybe no this is something to live haya is something to live and live way so it will show itself in all various day to day aspects of life that is haya day or not is haya in the heart because that's where the the root of haya is and that is where essentially haya is if haya is in the heart then it will show itself out in everything it cannot happen that a person has haya in the heart but is doing actions immodestly many people have that kind of uh, ready answer when they are told something for example parda they say parda is in my heart so the heart is in parda the whole heart is concealed can't see the heart it's already in parda and the parda that's in the heart must show itself outside a person uh, says no in my heart I have great love for you somebody is saying to their parents for example my heart I got great love for you but outwardly don't tell me to do anything for you and talks to the parents very rudely talks to the parents very abruptly back answers the parent back answers the mother the father he says no but in my heart I love you tremendously I got so much of muhabbat for you so where is the muhabbat you are talking in such a rude manner you are so disrespectful say no no the muhabbat is all in the heart so it doesn't matter if it's not shown outside because it's there in the heart that's where the main place is the reality is that if there was muhabbat in the heart then that muhabbat will express itself it cannot just remain hidden so likewise if haya is in the heart in reality it will express itself it will express itself in how a person talks how a person walks like in this incident we find haya being expressed in how a person walks how a person interacts with others how a person does day to day simple things what are the choices a person makes the choices in the kind of dressing in how something is set now that that brand label must be for the for everybody's attention it must catch everybody's eye now the person is setting it nicely to make sure that that doesn't get covered up in some way then there's a big problem then there's a big problem with haya but this is being concealed so the point is that this haya if it is day in the heart it will express itself now this is the lesson that we get from this ayat of the quran sharif where allah taala mentions how this girl came fajaatu ihdahuma tamshi ala istihya she came walking in this manner that as if she was riding this conveyance of haya so this is the lesson from the quran sharif then to go further that in the ahadith also the importance of haya has been mentioned in many many ahadith and it is really amazing that to what extent this aspect of haya has been emphasized what great virtues have been mentioned about it and to what extent this has been highlighted for us that this is not something by the way 
is not something like an optional matter. There are many amal that are on an optional level. If a person does it, he will gain tremendous benefit. If he does not do it, provided he is not looking at it as something trivial, he doesn't feel that, well, this is na'uzubillah, not important or not necessary as at all, mustn't bother about na'uzubillah. That is a serious thing. It's just that he didn't do it. If he didn't do it, he won't get rewarded, but he won't get taken to task for it also. Yeah. Nawafil, all the nawafil are generally in the same category. That a person didn't perform the nawafil, ishraq salah, tremendous benefit. But if a person missed it, then he's not going to be questioned about why he missed it. But as far as possible, a person should not deprive himself. So, some amal of that category, of an optional category. But certain things of a essential level, they are not an option. Haya is among those things that is not an option. And because it is so important, because it is so essential, Allah Ta'ala didn't even leave it such that haya will be something to go later and acquire. Like for example, knowledge is an important thing, very important, but a person will have to go and acquire the knowledge, will have to learn to acquire the knowledge. It's not something that a person is born with all the knowledge. Child has opened his eyes and now grow up, he's two years old, he knows everything. It doesn't happen like that. You have to go and learn it. Knowledge is also very essential, but you still have to go and learn it. Now, haya is so essential that Allah Ta'ala didn't even leave it that insan must go and acquire it. No. Haya is inborn. It is in every human being. But, like in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, Kullu mauludin yuladu ala al-fitra. That every child, whoever it is, whichever child, whoever's child, whichever part of the universe, any child born, any child born is born on fitrat. Fitrat is this pure deen of Islam. In other words, the qualities are naturally in the child. And the child has the ability to recognize Allah Ta'ala. The child has the ability to realize Tawheed and the oneness of Allah Ta'ala. But, فَأَبَوَاهُ يُحَوِّدَانِهِ but then the parents, the child is now growing up in the house where people are Christians. The parents make the child a Christian. The parents make the child a Jew. The parents do something else. So now, in the way that the parents then molded the child, that natural fitrat got then molded away. That natural fitrat got turned away. So likewise, haya is something that every person is born with naturally. But if as the child is growing up, the child is constantly being exposed to things that shatter the haya, that break down the haya, then the child will grow up to become shameless. So it was not that he didn't go and acquire shame. It was that the shame that was naturally in him was broken down, was destroyed. So this is the message here that haya is something natural. Haya is inborn. Every person is born with that haya. This indicates how essential this is. 
that every human being was born with it. Allah Ta'ala granted this free of charge up front. But now it's every person's duty to enhance it, to grow it. Obviously first to look after it and together with that to enhance and grow it. But unfortunately we expose ourselves to so many things of indecency, of shamelessness as a result of which this haya gets eroded. So, in one hadith sharif, Rasulullah says, Inna likulli deenin khuluqan wa khuluqal islami al haya. That every deen, deen means every way of life. Everybody has their own way of life. So, every deen, every religion, every way of life has likulli deenin khuluqan. Inna likulli deenin khuluqan, they have something that is a very uh, unique characteristic something that is a special characteristic about that particular religion, that way of life which they feel very maybe proud is not a good word to use but they feel proud about that we have this they feel very uh, great about it that we have this speciality Nabi Islam says وَخُلُقَ الْإِسْلَامِ الْحَيَاوُ and the special characteristic of Islam the very special quality of the believers, of the Muslims, is Al-Haya. This is a special quality. This is something which is like an identification. That a person sees the Haya and knows this is definitely a Muslim. Now, Haya has such a important uh, position in Deen that Nabi describes it as the special characteristic, the special quality of Islam. Unfortunately, this is what is being destroyed because the enemies of Islam know that if you destroy what is the foundation, then the building will collapse on its own. And haya is among the things that are in the foundation of Iman. Haya is among the things that are in the foundation of Iman. In the Hadith Sharif, in another Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, that in al haya wal imana qurana u jami'a haya and iman they are together they coexist fa idha rufi'a ahaduhuma rufi'a al akhar when one will go the other will go with it that if haya is completely lost then iman will get lost also so this is not just something at the like the leaf of a tree you take the leaf away, the tree will still be there. It's not even just the fruit, but this is right at the roots. It's together with the roots. You take the root, you take this haya out, you'll be pulling the root of iman out. That roots of iman will get affected. So these two ahadis are already sufficient to highlight how fundamental this very great quality of iman is, the quality of haya. And therefore we have to do our utmost to bring alive this haya again. It's not something optional, it's not a by the way matter, it's an extremely important aspect of Iman. It's something that will affect everything if haya goes and the protection of haya will mean the protection of Iman, the protection of our deen, the protection of everything. So this consciousness of haya has to come. It's not just an academic discussion. It's not just something for the sake of some facts and figures. 
or just going through some details for enhancing our knowledge only this knowledge must translate into action and this knowledge of Haya we discussed about how the Quran Sharif described a girl's walking now that must translate into our action how do we walk? now like we said that person now in the family function she is becoming very conscious because now her clothes got messed she is worried about everybody's eyes on her and she is trying to cover and trying to duck out of it now out of necessity somebody had to walk out now whatever they had to go to a doctor or something but now they will be super conscious trying to keep everything all covered very well and walking in a way that creates the least amount of attention and being very conscious not one bit of anything must get exposed in any way the sleeve must not slip in any way that the wrist is going to get exposed etc these are just some ways in which to understand this that this consciousness when will this be there? when this haya and to the extent of the haya there will be this consciousness like the to the extent of a person being very uh, conscious about their clothes now when they got missed they became equally conscious about everybody looking towards them so to the extent the person has haya to that extent the person be concerned nobody must get a glimpse of me in what is not permissible no non-mahram must get to see me this will be the reaction this will be the result of this haya now, this is that very very important lesson which inshallah we will continue with in the weeks to come Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq Allah Ta'ala grant us this the reality of this very great quality of haya Allah Ta'ala enable us to embed this in our lives and live this haya at every step wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi sana'an alayk anta kama athnita ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bimahu ahlu ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين